Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the Five Leadership Questions Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Atkins, and I'm joined today by Daniel M. Hello, hello. And Scott McConnell, ladies and gentlemen, once again. He's back. He's back. Better than ever. Standing it's at 173 pounds in God's the left corner. Research <laughs> corner. Six foot two. Like, What's your reach? Like, What's your reach, man? Not quite not quite to your microphone. All right. I see you over there. Taking many out. Take you out. <laughs> hey man, today's gonna be a great episode though. It is. This research is literally, even as we were prepping for this episode. Every slide we went through this report, it was like, what? Are you serious? How is this possible? Seriously. So, I mean, this whole episode is going to be talking about the unchurched. So this isn't a survey about Christians' understanding of the unchurched. No, this was a survey of 2,000 unchurched Americans and their views on Christians, on evangelism, and Scott's going to go through and and talk through and and give us a good overview of the research, but you guys are in for a treat. If you missed any of the other episodes that Scott was on, he is the executive director of Lifeway Research. We've done previous episodes on VBS research. What were the other ones? slept since then. We've slept since then. (laughs) Just look up Scott McConnell. You'll find some great research. Number crunching episodes. (laughs) Who did you have to work with in order to do this? Uh, This particular study was sponsored by the Billy Graham Center uh, at Wheaton College. And uh, by us working with sponsors, it allows us to do a lot more research than if it was just us, you know, looking for spare change in, in the seats of our car trying to right. piece it together. <laughs> I was also looking for Ed Stetzer in that answer. And Scott you, tries you not to mention Ed Stetzer. Stetzer. How long did you work with Ed? <laughs> Nine years. Wow. Yeah. And he's still and we here. still work together. Yeah. We're, we're still working still on projects now. That's good. That's good. Uh, uh, we love Ed Stetzer, by the way. Uh, another host on another podcast we do, the which new we churches mentioned one. like every episode now, which is New Churches. Because it's that good, folks. It At is. least half the episodes are. Hey, we talk about the the Five LQ podcast. We do on the New Churches one too. But we let's do. get into the research, Scott. Why don't you give us a good overview of the entire research? So this was a large study. So we we surveyed two thousand people who had not been to church in at least six months. And we did specify Christian church, um, and so it wasn't just non-religious people in total. Uh, those who had not did not attend, and. You know, when you first start looking at that group of people, you know, it's it's easy just to assume they're non-religious. And that's true for a third of them. But, you know, quite a few of them actually say, hey, I, I consider myself a part of a, a, a faith. Even though they hadn't been to a church in six months. Right. Okay. So kind of the non-religious we assume, so that's a third of them, about 12% have another religion. Mm. Um, but, you know, a quarter of them are, are Catholic uh, just under a third are, are either Protestant or non-denominational. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, so it kind of, oh, I've got to actually be thinking of multiple types of people. Um, was that the question where uh, I think it was like 31% said that they considered themselves a Christian, but they weren't practicing at the moment? Well, that was a follow-up question, and, and which kind of dug into those who said they were Christians uh, to learn a little more about them. 
Yeah, and it's not like you did this research in December, so right before Christmas and after Easter, <laughs> right? This was May 23rd to June 1st. So if they hadn't been to church in the last six months, I mean, they would have missed Christmas and Easter. Yeah. Well, we, we, gave them, we gave them the opportunity. The, we gave them two exceptions. Okay. It could be weddings, funerals, or holidays. Okay, okay. Uh, so so you, a C&E Christian could fit in there. If okay. They just attend on Christmas and Creaster. Easter. We call those creasters here. <laughs> Creaster Christians. Or CEO Christians. Christmas, Christmas Easter, Easter, other. And other. <laughs> but yeah, a, a, of those who said they're Christian, as you mentioned, Todd, a, a third said they're, they're, they are a Christian, but just not particularly devout. And almost a third said they're a Christian, but they're just not currently practicing. And, you know, honestly, those folks are being really honest. Yeah. yeah they're kind of saying, you know, as, as a set of beliefs and maybe as my family's heritage, yes, that's who I am. But in reality, I understand that on a daily basis, I'm not walking that talk. Right. And that's kind of refreshingly honest when, you know, I don't know, a lot, a, a lot of folks in church when I was growing up were acting like it, at least on Sunday. Right. And, uh, and and I think, you know, hopefully the church has woken up to a point where we're being a little more honest with each other. Well, it is interesting from a society standpoint. I don't know if there's any historical research that you could go back and look at to where you would say, hey, based on the answers that people gave, we categorize them as whether or not they're evangelical or truly Christian versus them self-acknowledging. Because what it would be curious to me is, Whereas culturally, and in Nashville, I mean, you can swing a dead cat in any direction and hit a church, especially down driving down Franklin Road. And so there's mega church after mega church after mega church. And I still feel like moving here from D.C., it feels like it's a cultural norm. I don't know if you're ostracized if you don't go to church. And that's the, that's the really cool thing about this research is that a lot of times it's like, hey— what works here may not work. What works in the South may not work up in Seattle. And I mean, remember there was that debate years and years ago, right? Where it was like Matt Chandler and Mark Driscoll. They were like, who has the harder job, right? <laughs> the Bible Belt or the post-Christian? And there's, there's this yeah. idea of, hey, it might work there, but it might not work here. The cool thing about the research is that it is a random sampling. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's taking that perspective of, you know, all of America. I'm, I'm Canadian. I apologize that this wasn't, you know, it didn't include the Canadian side of things, but it's, it's, you know, even if you look at Canadians learning from Americans, a Which lot of times they'll all look the to, time. they'll, they'll, they'll look to, <laughs> Hey, what's happening in Chicago, right? What's happening in Minnesota? What's happening in Seattle or upstate New York? Because, you know, there are four seasons and it's a little bit of a different culture than the South. And and unchurched people are actually distributed pretty similarly to to the population across the the four census regions. Okay. okay. And so you know their their numbers are within just a couple percent uh, of each. And so they're they're all around us. The you know the the reality is that 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 a quarter of them think that they're Christians with a strong faith. Hmm. And even if we ask them, you know, kind of a, a classic research question of what's going to happen when you die, um, which you know, people can say, I don't know, or I'm coming back again, or I'm going to heaven. But we always have some becauses after the heaven responses. Yeah. About 17% of them will say, I'm going to heaven because wow. of faith in Jesus Christ. Even though they hadn't been, been to prompted. a church in six months. Yeah. Wow. So so these are these are not people that lack faith completely. And again, some of them, it's a set of beliefs, I, but not practice. I guess where I was trying to go with my 
anecdotal rabbit trail earlier was really, I wonder if it's becoming, people are becoming more comfortable with not attending church because it's less normal than it used to be or less expected. It, it makes it easier not to fake it. Right. And and I, in some respects, the church is better off. Now, granted, they're not hearing the truth regularly, but, uh, it, you know, the church isn't, isn't just going through the motions. All right. Well, I'll ask a question too then, and that is like, who are the unchurched? There should be like spooky music going on the way you ask that. I did cock my head to the like side. Like the X-Files. Who are the unchurched? <laughs> I don't even know X-Files anymore. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I don't remember. And, and, you know, instead of having one answer like, you know, Saddleback Sam kind of, uh, you know, sing, <laughs> single profile, you, <laughs> you, you honestly have to have multiple pictures up on the board because yeah. uh, these are some different folks, whether it's, you know, people with another religion at, at 12%, um, you know, people with a Catholic background, a quarter of them, uh, you know, Protestants, almost a third, non-religious is a third. You know, one of the other factors is you think of of the unchurched as people who've never been in church, and and that's really not the case. Um, it, it, it turns out that only a quarter of them have never attended a Christian church regularly in their life. So that means three-fourths have, and most likely to have happened as a child. 62% attended regularly as a child, a third attended regularly as a teen, and almost a quarter attended regularly as an adult. Wow. So, you know, in many respects, when we talk about the unchurched, for the majority of them, the church has had a chance you know, we've had a chance to present who Jesus Christ is and what we're about. And for whatever reasons, um, you know, they've said that's not for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes when we think of the term unchurched, and especially as, you know, years have gone by since it was kind of a cultural norm for everyone to go to a church, there's this idea of, hey, are there people out there who don't even know who Jesus is? has never even, have never even heard about Jesus in America. Like, does that, like on the mission field, like that group does exist. And I have met people when I was pastoring in Montreal, where there were people, a small portion of people like that. Uh, what I'm hearing from you is that generally the unchurched in America, I mean, they might've gone to church or they they have this general recognition of who Jesus is or, or maybe what Christianity is. Yeah, and and it's a story that obviously didn't didn't fly the first time they they heard it, or for the first year, or yeah. or, or, or whatever period of time they were attending, and so you, you know I, I think sometimes we think that it has to be super complicated. We probably need to start back at the beginning in a lot of respects, yeah. and 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 talk through uh, um, what what church is about and what why it even exists. Okay. Now, in, in the research, when you surveyed who the unchurched were, did anything surprise you about what was there a greater portion proportion of particular ethnic groups that were more unchurched than there are in the average American population or or proportion of male to female? Or, or was it pretty, pretty equal in terms of the distribution? There's a slightly higher number of, of white Americans that okay. are unchurched. And that's kind of been a trend we've been seeing that... Uh, um, especially the African-American uh, population is much stickier when it comes to church. Uh, it's still an important part of their lives culturally. Um, for a lot of Hispanic Americans, um, obviously there's a mixture there of, of many coming from a family history of being in the Catholic church, a lot of them finding some really vibrant new 
uh, Protestant churches that that they're plugging into, and you know that tends to be a, a a real thing for them, and so they're they're a little less likely to walk away. But kind of the uh, typical white population is stepping away. Um, you know, male female uh, slightly less, uh, actually slightly more men uh, are are unchurched. But but really, we're talking fifty three percent of the unchurched are male versus. Okay. 47? Versus 49 percent of the population. Okay. okay. Uh, versus versus 47 percent female. Yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that one and and uh, thinking, man, that's that's not what I heard. That's not what I always heard coming up and through seminary and just being out in the church. It was always like that. There'd be way more men who are unchurched than women. Yes, okay. yes. No, we've got to do something to get men back in the church. We have to make men's ministry and eat meat. Oh, that's true. Yes. And uh, yeah, I remember hearing football that. And, <laughs> and they might be more Stop. likely to take a week off, but you know, in a yeah. six-month period, are they just not there? Yes. Uh, for the most part, no. Okay, okay. So let's let's dig a little bit deeper into here. Thank thank you for the the overview and just for this general understanding of who the unchurched are. If you go to our show notes, you can uh, take a little bit of a deeper dive into this and and look at all the articles that were written on this research. But Scott, before we get into our third question, I just wanted to share a brief word about our sponsor for today's episode. What happens when the Bible and humanity collide? Not what you'd expect. On Living and Effective, a new podcast from Christianity Today and the Christian Standard Bible, you'll hear difficult questions and find surprising answers about how God's word has changed the world and what that means for your everyday life. So go listen to Living and Effective now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Living and Effective is presented by the Christian Standard Bible, a Bible translation that is accurate, readable, and shareable. You can find more at csbible.com. And now, Scott, for our third question. Why don't you just share with us some of the common beliefs about evangelism that this research both confirms and denies? You know, one of the things we talk about a lot when it comes to evangelism is just inviting people to church. And uh, we ask a, we ask about a lot of different types of invitations to a church uh, by somebody you know. Um, and, you know, honestly, inviting somebody to a worship service was not the most popular thing. Okay. Uh, just 35% of people say they would be likely to attend if somebody they knew invited them to a worship service. Um, and, it, you know, we think, oh, well, let's do something more relational. How about a small group? You know, that, that might be in somebody's home, might be a little easier. Um, and, and specifically a small group for somebody curious uh, about God. And just a quarter of the unchurched say that would actually interest them. They, they'd be likely to attend. Okay, so even less, yeah, less than a worship yeah. service. Okay. So, you know, some of those things that, that we think of as, you know, that's how we do it. That's, that's how we get people to come to church is just straight invites, people we know. And, uh, you know, even some of the practical things we do are kind of in similar territory, recovery groups, um, you know, seminars on, on practical life topics. Um, it's going to be that, that, that similar range of a quarter to a third of folks would say, hey, I'd be likely to come to something like that. Now, honestly, those kind of numbers, if you're a salesman, that's awesome. You know, <laughs> right? You, you know, know one out of four really people. Good, that's good perspective. Oh, well, yeah. let's invite four this week. Yeah, because I'm looking you know? for the 95. percent <laughs> Yeah, every single time. I mean, we're looking for this. Yeah, I, I think a lot of times when we think of evangelism, we're like, you know, we want everybody to say yes. Yeah. We uh -huh. want every hand to go up when we say raise that hand. And you know, the reality is that's not. We're Americans. We choose what we want to do and what we don't want to do. 
And, and so, you know, the, 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 we have to go in with, with realistic expectations. Those invites are still worth doing, even though there's things they're more right. willing to come to. The things they're more willing to come to actually have like zero spiritual element to them, okay. or at least on the surface. So almost half would be willing to come to a sports or exercise program. Okay. So, you know, if you're, if you're doing Zumba at church yeah. or you got a kid's, <laughs> Dude, kid's Scott, softball. Scott, you got to update your references. No one does Zumba anymore. That was like 10 oh, years ago. That actually hurt. That really hurt. Legitimately it, it, It's hurt high intensity. Goat yoga? No, 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 no. Goat yoga. No, no, that, yes. that was a trend as well. Many high intensity, will come to know him through the High intensity interval, er, interval training hit. That's that's the thing right now. Yep. Whatever. Goat yoga. But doesn't that require equipment? I don't think no. Zumba requires no, 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 no. equipment. Yeah, no. Go, high intensity interval, you don't need go to. Go to heaven, goats okay. go to hell. No, you can I mean, plank. You can, you can, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yes. Okay. I didn't and, attend the Zumba. <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't attend the interval training. I could see well, you doing the Zumba thing. But though, you know, a bike awkwardly. ride, you know, let's meet at church. Let's go for a ride. I, I'd be up for hey, that. I just think I've probably been guilty on this podcast of saying you need to invite people into your life before you invite them to church. Or things like that because you 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 hear so much, you know, the importance of building a relationship and yada, yada, yada. Whereas this would say, man, just invite more people to church. Absolutely invite people into your life. Uh, that's super important as a believer to invite non-believers into your life. But just you don't have to say, okay, I'm going to go to the same grocery store and go to the same <laughs> cashier for the next six months. You mean and stock them? Six months. After six months, I'm, then I'm going to invite them to church. Yeah, it could be a both no, end. Yeah. Just invite them to church. Yeah, and 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 just listeners, every week for yeah. six months, <laughs> they'll, they'll, you'll wear them down. And and listeners, just just remember also, this is not what Scott is sharing here is not what has worked at successful churches. And anecdotally, you're reverse engineering. Hey, we had great, you know, look how many salvations or baptisms we had this year. Well, we had a ton of this. No, th th this is like these are not what asking if pastors. Yeah. And this is asking, yeah, yeah. And also it's asking the unchurched. Yes. It's not asking pastors who, who have the halo effect and are trying to, you know, make make their stats sound better than you know, Honestly, we've asked pastors, how about those mailings you do? And they honestly have no idea if the yeah. mailings work. Yeah. You know, it, it it feels a little better for the person that you actually want to come to be saying, you know, I might be willing to show up at that. You know, a community service project is another one where half say, I'd be willing to do that. Okay. And I think a lot of times we organize our community service projects at church so that our church gets the credit for it. Mm. And in the back of our mind, that's really bottom line what we want. And it's like, well, what if we flipped that and we said, what if we didn't care who got the credit? And we just wanted to serve the community wow. and meet some people while we did it. Yeah. You know, then we could, that's a way to meet our neighbors. Because right now, they don't really have a reason to meet us. And I wonder how many more of the unchurched would be willing to serve in that way. Exactly. If it was less about, I'm representing this church because they've given me this ugly t-shirt that's yellow that has the name of the church on that I'm never going to wear again. Because you're not allowed to serve in our service project until you've gone through the 301 class. Yeah, yeah. And you know, when in reality, that's, that's hey, good, yeah. we're talking about doing a good deed and even non-Christians understand. Yeah, and the relationships that deeds. can develop, the spiritual conversations yeah. that can take place too. Wow. Um, and, and their top one was an event to, to help make your neighborhood safer. Again, one of those, hey, you know, let's have a community meeting. I mean, the neighborhood right next to our church, you know, there's no HOA there doing a meeting like that. And so it's, you know, that that's something our church could could easily do. And it's a reason to get together. Mm. And and so, 
you, you know, the, the, the thing that we, get, we have to remember when we kind of step inside the shoes of an unchurched person is that for two-thirds of them, they don't see themselves ever regularly attending church in the future. So the kinds of things that might interest them being a part of are going to be more community things yeah, than they true. are churchy things. Especially uh, if they're not envisioning themselves yeah. as being a part. Yeah. yeah. Now there's exceptions, but uh, again, it's going to be a, an exception for fewer people. Okay. Was there anything else in in the research? I, I love that. I love what you just shared there. Uh, but are there any other common beliefs that, that you found that this research kind of denied or, or confirmed? Um. The, you know, the, the other interesting thing is, is how much people think about uh, uh, kind of the afterlife and the future. You, you know, a lot of times in our evangelism conversations, you know, we we, we talk about kind of the evangelism explosion conversation. Mm-hmm. If you were to yeah. die today, you know, would you go to heaven? And and you know, f- for most Americans, and especially the unchurched, um, you know, forty three percent never think about that. Yeah. Now, again, for some of them, they think they've got it wrapped up. They say, I'm a Christian. I'm even devout in that faith. So I know what's going to happen for me. Um, but, you know, another 20%, they're not even sure when they last thought about it. Um, and so the majority are not thinking about kind of heaven and end times. And so for a lot of us, when we think about, uh, you know, trying to engage the unchurched, we're thinking about, wow, you're missing out on heaven. And, and for a, a lot of folks, uh, you know, they're thinking about the here and now. And so we've got to engage with them where they're at today. Um, and if that's compelling enough, then they might be willing to spend an eternity with that God who can cha- change their today. So I wonder, do, do we know, like, did anyone else ask that question 20, 30 years ago, 40 years ago when evangelism explosion was in its heyday and, and that, that was the question you asked? I don't think so. Yeah, it, you know, that would be interesting to see what the what the difference would be. Because I remember even when I was in university, going part of Campus Crusade for Christ, now in Canada called Power to Change. Like that was the question we asked, and we went around and and people wanted to talk about it. Like yeah. they were still up for it, but I just don't. I wouldn't lead with that today, not because I read a research report, right? But you know, you just I don't. Yeah, and I, and and I wouldn't say don't invite people to think about it because. Mm just know that most of them haven't been thinking about it before you ask that. <laughs> and so, you, right. you know, so you're inviting them into something that maybe they'll start thinking about more yeah. afterwards, um, but don't assume, hey, you're picking up a thought pattern they've already been having. Sorry, guys, I've been super quiet. I'm on now on page 75 of the report because <laughs> I find this fascinating. I want to say one that I've saw in Go for here, it. and forgive me if you said it because I was reading more than paying attention. Uh, that if a friend really values their faith, I don't mind if they talk about it. 73% said they don't mind. I'm not sure which page you're on, but I'd 75. say 79%. Oh, 79. Oh, I was looking at... Um, a specific subgroup? I was looking at a specific subgroup. Okay. I'm sorry. So, I, yeah, out of all the unchurched, almost 8 out of 10 say... That's crazy. If, if it, yeah, if it really matters to you. It, it's one of those things where, you know, if... if if you're picking what restaurant to go to and you are super excited about going out to the new Vietnamese restaurant nearby, your friend may not like Vietnamese food, may not want to try new things, but they'll go because you love it. Mm-hmm. Right. Or 
if you want to talk about the, you know, the hockey game last night and you're going on and on about it and you kind of know in the back of your mind, they don't really follow hockey, but they're like listening to you and they're, you know, they're letting you tell the story about what happened. Why? Because you're their friend. Yeah. And so there's an element here that we, we forget that if, if we're investing in friendships, people are willing to do stuff with us and we can share what really matters to us. And hopefully our faith in Jesus Christ matters. Wow. And and this is huge because a lot of times you think about the Richard Dawkins, right? You think about atheists. And I mean, right now in my life group, we're doing a Ravi Zacharias study on Jesus and among secular gods. And, and one of the sessions was on secularism and scientism. And I, I you know, the, the arguments were great. The, the, the logic, the discussion was amazing. But as a life group, when we were talking about it, we were like, yeah, but we, we don't know anyone. We don't know any hardcore atheists. Most people just don't talk about it. Right. Yet, yet because of what comes on the news and because of what we read and, and, and some of the things that come across our, our, you know, our computers and in, in terms of, you know, oh, what about this or what about that? And, and different selling points. We think as Christians, it's like, oh, people don't want to talk about this. Like you were talking about Todd, it's like I need to follow them around and create a really deep relationship with them before I could ever even invite them to the church. But what what I love about this is that, hey, actually, just be a friend, be sincere about your faith. And if you talk about your faith and invite them to church, they're likely to come with you. And we can actually be doing both. So we can be engaging people where first time we've ever talked to them, we can actually mention faith. Uh, almost half, 47% said they would discuss it freely if someone, not a friend, just someone wants to talk about their religious beliefs. Only 12% would change the subject. Hmm. So with strangers, we can introduce, you know, let's do it tactfully. Yeah. You know, let, let's not set up the next person for a fail. Uh, you, you know, let's do it tactfully, but let, let's bring up our faith or the fact that we go to church or the fact that we enjoy reading God's word um, in our conversations every day. But for those people that we're investing in a friendship level with, we, we get extra permission from them to share what we really care about. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Good, good. All right. I'm going to move us on to question four, which is what surprised you most about the research? Probably my biggest takeaway from this was when we asked them if a Christian, we asked the unchurched, if a Christian has shared with them the benefits of becoming a Christian. And only 35% said yes. Hmm. And honestly, we got a very similar number for, has somebody, has a Christian shared with you how a person becomes a Christian? Hmm. It's about three out of 10. And so, you know, in all of our, our you know, gusto to share the gospel, we're kind of leaving out the main thing, which is the telling. And, we're really leaving out, to me, the, the most important part of the main thing, which is the why. Yeah. You know, why is it we go to church? Why is it we're trusting in Jesus Christ? Um, you know, if we can't share the benefits, then there's no reason for somebody to come to Christ. And if we can't share that there's benefits any, you know, in this life, if it's all in the next life, again, there's a lot of folks that can't relate to that. Yeah. And so if, if, if the if the only thing we do is share the benefits of, you know, I am so glad I could share the my burdens with with God this morning, and I just unloaded, and I'm feeling so much better. 
Um, and if we can be sharing those stories of, of people's lives that we know who that have been changed, you know, those are the benefits that, that can resonate. And, you know, when, when four out of 10 of the unchurched say, you know, nobody shared the benefits of going to church, nobody shared the benefits of becoming a Christian or the how-to, they haven't heard any of that. Yeah. And, you know, these are adults and, and they've been around, and many of them have been around church. Um, we're just not doing enough of that, Sharon. Mm. Mm. You know, you you look at Acts 2, 42 and, you know, to, to 47, and you look at how the, the church grew and and the one and others all throughout the Acts and, and how they kind of live that out. And, and the missiologist Leslie Newbegin talks about the church as the hermeneutic of the gospel, right? The church, a healthy church, uh, living out the one and others are the way that the gospel comes to life. Uh, but having said that, yes, you still need to proclaim it, right? When you look at Acts, you know, mm-hmm. sermons were still preached and and the message, the gospel was still verbally proclaimed, yet there is a lot of love and, and, and one another's that they that they showed one another that caused people to question and, and kind of be compelled. So I love this one question from the research where it was, which if any of the following would make you more interested in listening to what Christians had to say. And 32% said, I saw them treat others better because of their faith. Hmm. I mean, that's, you know, you kind of think, well, that isn't that the golden, the golden rule. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, if, if they're only listening in on social media or other places, they may think, you know, we're, we're, we're only piling on when somebody messes up. Oh, wow. And, you, you know, that's it, true. Whereas when, if they see us living out, you know, real love, uh, you know, oftentimes for in, in situations where people can't repay it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's real. 26% said, <laughs> 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 yeah, no, but, but this is, let, let me, let me go on with what, what, what says here. 26% said, I saw them be happier because of their faith. 24% said, I saw them standing up against injustice because of their faith. And then it went on to say, I saw them use their faith to solve problems in our community. I saw them use their faith to help them solve their personal problems. I saw multiple races, ethnicities working together in church. As I read through all of this, you know, it really confirms what you shared earlier, Scott, about the the tangible benefits that Christianity has, that a relationship with Christ has here on earth. And yes, the eternal impact and the effect that the gospel has on your life, but also, I mean, living out the gospel, mm. you know, the church being the hermeneutic of the gospel. I mean, that's what's going to cause people to be more interested in hearing you proclaim the gospel. That's that's so true. It, it's it's showing the practical, here's how it connects with life mm. that, that I guess that's what hermeneutics are, is. is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, when you, when you look at this, and I love, honestly, I love this research. We actually highlighted it on newchurches.com as well. We, we did deep dives into this because there's just so many implications. There's so many takeaways that we can grab from this research and implement it this week as a follower of Christ and also as a church leader. So for you, Scott uh, and Todd, and, and we'll actually go around and, and, and all of us to share our biggest takeaways, uh, what would you, yeah, what, would, what, is, what is your personal takeaway from the research and, and what would you kind of want to exhort our listeners toward? I, I think every time I, I look back at this study, I, I'm, you know, I, I have to point the finger at myself that, mm. that, that there's a lot of this I'm not living out enough because if, as Todd mentioned earlier, if, if eight out of 10 say that, hey, if I value my faith, they don't mind me talking about it. 
Um, in, in another spot, we see that we actually gave people the statement, my Christian friends talk about their faith too much. And 73% disagree. So, you know, I'm in that group. I'm not talking about Jesus too much. I'm not talking about him enough. And I think it's one of those things where I've got to start looking at, you know, more situations in my life where I can bring him into the conversation, not force fit, but just genuinely, what am I thankful for uh, that he's doing uh, in and around me? Todd, how about you? I think it really comes back for me just remembering to tell people. Um, there was a, a sudden shift. I think it was in seminary, and honestly, it was around the time of the church growth movement, which I was a part of, and I know I harp on sometimes. Um, but there was this uh, almost a making fun of, oh, knocking on doors. That's so old school. That doesn't work anymore. And I don't know. I probably embraced that because – it sounded good, and it sounded like something I almost wanted to hear because um, it's easier not to do that. And when I, in retrospect, when I think about it and I think about mentors I had, like there's a guy named Troy Dobbs uh, who's um, up at, at Grace in Eden Prairie. Uh, I can remember going out with him, and it would be like, I mean, we're just like out doing ministry stuff, and he'd be like, okay, that person that you, uh, in a Burger King, I remember him saying, you're going to share Jesus with the cashier. And I'm like, I'm not going to share Jesus. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, you are. And so oddly enough, I mean, it was that type of relationship where he could do that. And, you know, we had a 10 minute conversation about Jesus. I didn't get kicked out of the restaurant. Uh, it wasn't a busy time. So it was actually a, a perfect time to do that. And I just, yeah, if nothing else from the research I've just been, the biggest takeaway for me is, hey, talk to your cashiers more. That's you don't good. have to build a six-month relationship. You don't have to go back to Burger King repeatedly. And you shouldn't be going back to Burger King. And you shouldn't Burger King. <laughs> Not when you're 40. All right. Uh, my biggest takeaway is more of a is more of a, ref a reflection on what the future of the church might look like in, in light of this. So, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, if if the majority, so if you have all Americans, so 63% of Americans being white and 67%, so more being unchurched, mm -hmm. uh, and, and then you look at the Hispanic, where 16% unchurched versus 70% of all Americans, African-American, 8% unchurched versus 12% of all Americans, and then 5%, 5% for Asian-Americans. And you look at kind of that spread. Yeah. If you look at the the trend in what what is happening happening ethnic ethnically wise, even if you look at Asian Americans in the U.S. and what is it like? I mean, it it was crazy. Asian Americans between two thousand to two thousand fifteen grew by seventy two percent. Wow, compared to Hispanics, which grew by sixty percent. So Asian Americans are one of the fastest growing populations in terms of foreign born by 2065 Asians are going to be the highest foreign born population at 38% Hispanic is going to actually decrease from 47% today to 31 so you look at just the rise of that mm -hmm. and by 2065 there's not going to be any majority ethnic group so if you look at the white population 
in 2015, 62%, 2065, it's going to go to 46%. So I know I'm throwing out a lot of numbers, but I'm just saying if it's, if it's true that other ethnic groups are more church than unchurched, and if the white population is actually going to be decreasing proportionately wise, I wonder if America will feel more churched in the coming years, contrary to what it says in the news, where it's like, no, people are leaving the church. The nuns are rising. I wonder if that's actually going to flip because of, of the ethnic, um, what, what's happening ethnically. What do, you, what do you think about that, Scott? I mean, it, it's an interesting uh, flip in, you know, those that... You know, the majority tends to lead the culture. And, and so, it, you know, it, it has been white Americans that, that have been leading the culture, whether they acknowledge it or not. And, and yet in the future, um, you know, they may not be reflecting the church culture. Yeah. And, and so uh, they will, they'll, they'll still reflect a, a group that needs to be reached. Yes. And yeah. so they'll, they'll kind of, instead of be representing the churched population, they, they will much more represent the unchurched population. Man, I think we could keep on going on can, with the implications. I just saw the slide on uh, why people leave, which is also fascinating. So if you're at all interested in this research, there are 130 PowerPoint slides. Now, granted, when I say 100, if I said 130 pages, you'd never look at it because you'd be like, there's no way I could make it through 130 pages of research. But this is, you know, it's graphically treated. So you can go through and look at the different slides, like, you know, why people actually leave the church. And to get this research report, the one that we are looking at right now, super easy. All you have to do is text the word research to 88811, all right? So just text the word research with your phone to the number 88811-888-111, and we will send that to you right away. Now, thanks again for listening to our podcast. And if you haven't yet done so, be sure to check out Ask Me Anything, Honest Questions, Quick Answers by J.D. Greer and Todd Unziker. This is a new podcast from the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network that'll provide you with honest answers to some of your toughest questions. So in each episode, you'll hear Pastor J.D. answer a theological, ethical, or leadership question. Just look up J.D. Ask Me Anything on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today. We'll catch you next time.